Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Wasp Report. Today is a good day. Oh, Wasps do the double over Saracens for the first time. I think it's 2006 7. Yeah, uh, it is. It is. The last time, and uh, well, we all know how that season ended. Um, so, yeah, a, a fantastic performance. Joined to break it down, uh, as ever, Rob Sutton. Rob, how's it going? Yeah, well, who, who, who knew, eh? Who knew that we just had to turn up to Allianz Park with a second string team? If we'd have done that a few years ago, we might have, might have won something by now. <laughs> I mean, just what, what a performance from the boys. Uh, I'm, one to 23, they were fantastic. Jimmy Gopper leading that team at 10 was phenomenal. We saw young players really stake their case to have more involvement. And... I don't want to be a downer. I don't want to put a downer on this episode because I want to talk about the good things that the people that played in this game did. But there are certain veterans in that Wasp squad who quite well, there's one, quite frankly, who doesn't ever have to pull on a shirt again unless we literally have no one else to play. Because there's young players out there who can do the job and fill the role far better than he can. And we've seen it now. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought Will Simons, when he came on, looked good. Charlie Atkinson, before he got decapitated, looked really good. Um, I thought Bouge had his best game in a wash shirt. I thought Wandy Young, come back from injury, was re- looked really strong, looked like he could play a part in future. Um, I've already talked about Gopper. I thought he was excellent. I thought Ben Velicott had an incredible game, almost playing like a ninth forward at times mm-hmm. in how he tackled, how he rucked, how he got involved in the dirty side of the game, which I love to see from a nine. I really, really love to see that from a nine. And then up front, some special performances. Tom Willis was imperious. Um, I thought Ben Morris had a really good game when he was on the on the field. Um, Vailanu was probably the worst performer. Obviously, didn't didn't play that long. And when he did play, he made some silly errors. And I think we actually looked better when um, the young lad Curran came on the field. Um, Rollins was, again, excellent as a leader and, and from the front. I thought Tim Cardle next to him, though, might have been the breakout star of this game. I thought he was excellent. And then the front row had their struggles at scrum time, but, um, you know, in the loose, they were excellent. Tom Cruise, mate, so much love for that guy. And an incredible kick through at, at one point which is not really what you should be talking about on a rugby podcast from your hooker, but... Uh, we've got four. We've got four. Through. Ashley Johnson. Oh, Ashley Johnson very, loved the kick through. Very true. But the kick through was incredible as well. Yeah. Right into space and actually got us right on the front foot. So just an awesome game. Uh, we're going to start... Let's start by naming some players that we liked whose performances really stood out. I'm going to let you go first because I've just basically talked through the whole team. So you've... Virtually named the entire team, so it doesn't really give me anybody left. Um, but Cardell, I'd like to start with because I'm, I've been, every, everyone's been saying how Wasps don't have strength and depth at the second row. If you still think that after that game, I don't really know what more you want. Um, Theo was solid when he came on as well um, and pinched a crucial line out in the last two minutes that, that's, well, I, I say saved a losing bonus point. It's irrelevant with them, but. It was still nice to give them nothing. Tom Willis was my man of the match. Absolutely superb performance. Um, deserved his try. Took it really well. The halfbacks won the game, though. I think mm. they controlled the game superbly. Um, Gopeth was played. That was the best he's played since he came back from his injury. Um, first start at number ten in three years. You wouldn't have. You'd never have thought that. Um, and I'll tell you what I'd like to also mention is Wollstoneholm, who came off the bench and sat up the field position for the try with a very clever kick through. And um, with Ben Spencer gone and Wigglesworth not Wigglesworth finished, scrum half was an area, Saracens looked weak, and Wasps really did target it. And um, with, with two really good performances from Bellicott and Wollstoneholm. Yeah, I, mean, I just think from, from 1 to 23... It's really hard to find a position. You said you could possibly say the front row, where wasps were outplayed. 
because but, I mean but, Barrington but, Barrington's a great scrummager and and he showed that today by just dominating in our scrum. I actually just coming from downstairs, a, a Saracens fan who is a, an acquaintance of mine. Um, on today, he's an acquaintance. Every other day of the year, he's a friend, but today, an acquaintance um, is a former prop and knows a knows a lot about scrummaging. Um, was telling me about how they've sort of changed a few things. Have changed up there at Saracens. He's quite well connected, and um, yeah, they dominated us in that area. But other than that, I don't think there was an area that, that they were better than us in. No. No, and and I still think they'd have won fifteen versus fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do as well. I don't think the red card actually changed anything from a Saracens perspective. No, because um, you know, they, they were rattled. They were rattled at the end of the first half, and I must admit, when they scored, it went to fifteen twelve. You thought, well, we've had our fun. You know, here comes the juggernaut. So to a bit like the game on Monday. To go behind and come back and win it, um, but this is, a, this, this is a much big this is a much bigger win than Monday because to go with a second string team to the European Champions and win it, it's, it, it's it's it's, it's a result that's just absolutely unheard of from Wasps' perspective. I mean, it's a result that's needed because obviously today Sale have got a, a try bonus point and Path have also got a yeah. try point in their games, so. Yeah, it's a very welcome result from... Um, and Bristol did as well, I think, didn't they? Yeah, I believe Bristol did last night as well against Worcester. So, yeah, we, we needed this um, this win, but never in my wildest dreams when Elliot Daly walked over untouched after two minutes, did I think, after Saracens had taken the ball from the kickoff, gone down the field on us, and, yeah, just walked in when we had no no more bodies remaining, did I think this was going to be the outcome of the game. Yeah. And I think this team has a, a real resilience about it because it, Wasp teams of the past would have folded then. Yeah. And it's not it's not all on – some of it's on Lee Blackett. I think he's done a fantastic job since he came in. Yeah. Um, but some of it's on these players. These players that, that don't know how to say, I quit. Mm. on games and it seems to now be running through the whole squad and you think of some of the names that this team has lost in in recent seasons and I'm talking about Elliot Daly and Nathan Hughes both England internationals never had this kind of resilience in them as yeah. players and I think we've seen that at times today Elliot Daly was probably Saracen's best player he was definitely their most dangerous player but it was all a little bit ineffectual when it mattered. And yeah, he scored a try and created another one. You know, the rest of his team should have probably done more around him. But how many times have we heard that story before as Wasp fans? Yeah. And I just, I think this group is so much better than it has been really since, since we last won silverware. Yeah. Well, I think also they, they got the tactics bang on. If there's one criticism you could level at Dive in his whole time at Wasps, he could not crack Saracens when they were at full strength. I, I don't know the stats, but I'm fairly certain the only times we beat Saracens under Die, it wasn't their full strength team. Um, yeah, certainly the winner, Allianz Park, four years ago now, wasn't it? Was a very weak Saracens team. And while Wasps did play some really good stuff. They only did it when they needed to. They didn't try and get into an arm wrestle. They stuck to what they're good at. And and as I say, they thoroughly, thoroughly deserve the win. And um, and, to, and to do it against a, a full-strength Saracens team, I, I know they're relegated, but they've been blowing teams away since we've come back from the resumption. And, bef- well, less so before, but certainly since we've come back. And that was a tune-up game for Leinster. So uh, enjoy that one without Farrell, lads, because uh, you'll get stuffed out there. I, I think this game changed on the Billy Vanapola penalty uh, reversal. Mm. At that, until that point, Saracens had been pretty dominant. And then even then, they'd been dominant. They'd, they'd won the penalty. And you started to see the shit that they usually pull coming in to the game, the jeering, the little pats on the head, the 
dirty play in the rucks, the, you know, grabbing people around the neck and holding them down, all the shit that people in the round, around the rest of the premiership don't like Saracens because of. The reason that most other fan bases and most other clubs cheered when they were relegated. Because they don't endear themselves to you in any way. They're just always trying to be a bit of a prick. Mm. And I got to you've got to applaud Christoph Ridley, who stood up to it, who mm. said, No, I'm not letting you be in my ear all the time. I'm not letting you act like a five year old. You know, you're a professional rugby player, act like it on the field. And I thought, you know, yes, he missed some things. Yes, he probably could have given a yellow card out earlier on in the game to Vernapola, who can I'm pretty sure conceded five penalties in the first half. You know, Saracens had multiple penalties five metres out from their own line under their own posts, which is why Wasp had, had kicked five penalties before Jack Willis went uh, took, before Tom Willis went over. Um, right, that's the first of many, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, I. I, I other than that, though, and there were some times when he, he gave things our way. You know, I think the scrum, when we were on our own, five metres out from our own line and we were given a penalty and late in the first half, which we, we actually then managed to get down the field and, and kick a, a penalty from, which was really important, I think, in the game. But, you know, that, that original scrum penalty really came about because Ridley was looking to penalise Saracens at that point mm. because they'd been in his ear all game. Mm. Yeah, they'd, they'd been thoroughly unprofessional and a, a thorough nuisance really to referee for want of a better word and it ended up costing them because you know he was looking to give Wasps a penalty to get to get out of that situation I think at that point and you know I would be going hopping mad probably if it was the other way round and I'm, I'll call it out now because I don't really like getting it I'd rather the game be played out on, on neutral and I, I think it was for the most part, you know, is he, it's much easier to spot the things that go against you than go your way from a referee. So mm. um, I, it's just nice to be coming on here and talking about two back-to-back pretty competent refereeing performances. Yeah, yeah. Even even though Craig sneaked in on the uh, on the touchline. He so. just loves a bit of wasps, doesn't I mean, he? That, that bloke has seen more games than I have in 2020. Um, it's, it's remarkable, I think, you know, He's going to have a season ticket for next season. <laughs> I'll tell you what was also crucial, and this was pointed out to me during, while I was doing the, 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 the coverage on, on our Twitter account. Just before half-time, we got penalty in our own half that Velikot took quickly, and he could very easily have bunted that into the stand, taken half-time 9-7. But he then went up the other end. Saracens piggybacked 12-7. And it was it, those sort of little things. They'd have never have done that two seasons ago. They'd have never thought to have done that two seasons ago. It's it, it's it's just whatever Lee Blackett is doing and the rest of the coaching stuff. And we were very good, mostly defensively again today. Um, you know, you're not going to stop Billy Vanapola making meters, but we kept him relatively quiet in the game. Um, you know, Jackson Ray didn't do a lot. He's destroyed us in games before. Um, yeah, I, I think you, you, your point about Elliot Daly was right. I think he was probably their best player. But Alex Good had a quiet game, and again against Wasps, that's not something you say very often. Yeah, Maitland scored with his only touch. We kept him out of the game virtually the whole game. Um, it was it, it, it was just one of those that, that but but you never you never quite knew that they would get over the line. Because against Bath, I always felt in the back of my mind that they might just pull this one off. I never felt that today until it got to 28-18 with two minutes to go. And um, and after all the rubbish I've watched Allianz Park down the years, to go and do that with nobody in the crowd is just, I mean, brilliant. But, oh, dear me. A daily throwing across his own try line last year to concede a try and freezing cold day on an open stand and getting sunburns at the semi-final and seeing Jack Willis stretch it off you know it's just it's it was one of those that you just wish you could have been at but there we go yeah I, if we'd have been what a day it would have been if we'd have been there and obviously I completely understand why we aren't and we both yeah, yeah. we're not saying that why we aren't but it, as fans we can we've got to revel in da- yeah. on days like this where really 
you go up against the big bad schoolyard bully who plays like a, the team play like bullies mm. and they've acted like bullies. They've cheated their way to titles. They've cheated their way to European cups. They've enjoyed success that other teams and other fan bases should have had. And we've battered them at their own game. Mm. We've gone in and in a, in a physical battle in their own backyard, we've beaten them and we've beaten them up and we've deserved to win that game. We were the better team for 80, well, for, for 75 minutes. We were the better team. Mm. And it is young, unheralded, lesser known players that have come from the championship, that have been discarded by other clubs, that have formed the backbone of this team. And mm. that is something to really, really love about this Wasp squad. You know, back in, in the old, in the, the successful period, we had great players. We developed a lot of those great players and we also picked them up in places that no one else wanted them. We picked them up from teams where no one else wanted them and we turned them into a title-winning, a, a dominant force. And yeah, there was some stardust sprinkled in, just like there is now. Mm. You had your... Rafael Ibanez was the best hooker in the world at the time when he came to Wasps. Mm. And Serge Betsen was probably on the back end of his career, but it was still an incredible signing when he came to Wasps. Mm. And now we have that blend again. You know, we were chatting earlier as well. And to win the Premiership right now, I think, in this era, in the post-Saracens salary cap era, you need to be bringing through a class of five, six, seven maybe talented youngsters every couple of years to fill out your squad. You need to pick your stars correctly and have one or two that really bring the value of the team as a whole forward. And then you need to get some of the championship guys and some of the premiership guys that don't make it elsewhere, bring them in and put them in a position to succeed. And I think this squad does that. Mm. Yeah. And ex it, it's the Exeter model. Yeah. You bring through your cherry pick from elsewhere and then you sprinkle a little stardust on top and you have a, a good strategy. You play sensible rugby doesn't have to always be flashy. Mm. Doesn't have to always be brilliant, but it's sensible. And when you can be, you play some lovely stuff. When you can do it sensibly. And finally, we seem to be there. Yeah, but that, that's the difference though. You know, you, it's, it's, it's the game management side of thing. And I think that's mm. what Blackett has tidied up. You know, it was, I listed on Twitter earlier some of the some of the results from earlier in the season. Let's say the sort of highlight was what an incredible job he's done to, to mm. now be in a situation where you've done the league double over Saracens. Admittedly, we know it wasn't a particularly strong team that came that evening to the recap, but you still had to beat them. You know, to, to go from losing at home to London Irish to butchering a seventeen-point lead against Quinns to be nilled at home in a I appreciate a European game against a Bordeaux team who were going well in the top four team, but you're still nilled at home. It's embarrassing to, to now be looking at seven wins in eight or nine, how many games Blackett's had, and and looking a genuine playoff team um, with four games to go. It's, it's absolutely remarkable. And we go into two home games, as we discussed on the previous episode, you know, we're almost looking at those two home games. If they won both of those, they'd be looking really good. And now, especially so, because Bath have got to go at the AJ Bell next Sunday. You'd imagine Bath are going to be Worcester at home. You'd imagine Wasps are going to be Leicester at home. Um, and then that that sale Bath game, I think, is going to be really big, as as will Wasps against Bristol. Bristol are not certainties for the playoffs yet. I think they will get there. And I think, realistically, you're now looking at a straight shootout between Wasps and Bath, I think, for the last spot. I think the other two will probably get there. So, um, So, I mean... If you thought Bath was a bonus result, this is, I mean, you know, this is speedboat on bullseye level of a prize uh, to, to get this one in the books. What we have seen today is a team capable of winning the Premiership. A squad and yeah. a club capable with the, the right attitude to win the Premiership. Because yeah. if, you can, if you can sprinkle these squad players, as a lot of these guys are, into that starting team and win, you can win in Exeter. 
we can, we've done that. This squad's done that. They did it at the back end of last season. They should have no fear. Exeter are playing fantastic rugby. They're going to be everyone's favourite to win the title. But this squad should have absolutely no fear about going down there and trying to win a game. If it's sale, if you can sneak into third, you can win that game. That was a difference, though, wasn't it? They turned up today with no fear. Yeah. I, 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 you know, they, with, with the squad name, they had nothing to lose today. But you, you think back to the semi-final at Allianz Park two seasons ago, or, yeah, two seasons ago, wasn't it? 17-18 season, where they just looked rabbit in the headlights for 10 minutes and were 20-0 down before, you know, I, I got out of the bar queue and, and the game was gone. They, they, the rest of the game, they were very competitive in that semi-final and, and scored a five, six tries, I think, in that game. So they were always chasing the game. And that, that was often the theme against Saracens. We'd, we'd play well in, for an hour but we'd have 20 minutes off against them and that's and that loses you games against them this was this was the two this was the die young 80 minute performance that uh, he told us was coming um, and never did until he left um and uh and yeah it was just it just what just one of those that you just think um you just think it, it might might be your year i'm not sure i'm not sure what's to win the premiership this season but this, this is a team that won't be going anywhere for the next two or three for sure. I think this is a team that won't be going anywhere for the next five or six. Yeah. Look at the age of some of these players. Umaga, a lot, the a lot of them signed up as well. Yeah, Velikot is still pretty young. Dan Robson's not old. Yeah. No, uh, uh, those key positions. You've got young props coming through. Tom West had a really good game Monday night. I thought B. Allen was excellent today. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I thought um, some of the handling and things in the loose was incredible. Um, Tom Cruise, I know he's another one who's in his sort of mid to late twenties, um, is fantastic. You know, um, was fantastic today. You've got Barbary, you've got um, Ogre, Ogre, who's excellent. All these players are just so young, and I think. It it could be an incredible future. It really, really could. Absolutely, absolutely, and and, and the confidence this, this this breeds to to a bunch of players. Who, let's be fair, you know, when the teams came out, and I think a lot of us thought this this could be this could be an absolute mauling. I, I didn't think it'd be a mauling. I thought we'd be competitive. Um, although I wasn't saying that after five minutes when we'd not touched the thing and were seven nil down, and then conceded a penalty straight off the kickoff, but. It's, it, it was one of those games that you felt that they they just said, look, you know, we'll, we'll try and go there and get something. But the longer it went on, and 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 to see Saracens rattled was just before half time. That that's when you thought that they could be onto something here. Um, you, you, you you know the sort of the petulant side of Saracens that we have seen before in big European games. You know when they've been dusted up by Leinster and Clermont teams like that came out and. And this is the thing, you look you look down the list and you think of the names that weren't playing today. Umaga, Launchbury, uh, Brooks, Jack Willis, Thomas Young, Brad Shields. Bekatoa. Bekatoa, yeah. yeah. Riggy, who's been Minozzi. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a second team. Yeah, it is. It is. That's the thing. The two starters sprinkled in. Like, it, it's a crazy, crazy win. It yeah. really is. Yeah. Because you've got these young lads who are in there without a lot of the talisman of this season. You know, Gopeth being really the only talisman of the season to play. And just the way it was, it was a weird game because I just expected Saris to step up and to win the game. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing, even yeah. right until the end, even after Tom Willis scored the try and we were up by seven, I expected them to step up and score and it'd be a draw. Yeah. But I just, they never felt comfortable, Saracens. There were moments when all their key players didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, Jamie George didn't look on it today. At times, his line-out for him wasn't, wasn't where it usually is. Well, we we pushed to the try, didn't we? Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. Marrow had a good game, but a very quiet game. But there yeah. were moments in that where he just didn't look right. You know, mm. he broke through the Wasps line 
pointed someone where to go for an offload and before he could actually get it out was tackled and turned over. Yeah. And it's these little things you just don't see from these players very often. You know, I think we need to address the elephant in the room and um, that's obviously Owen Farrell's horror tackle on Charlie Atkinson. Um, Bobby Bridge confirming with Lee Blackett that uh, Charlie's up, he's okay, he's talking. Um, he's going to be, you know, he's going to have a monster headache for a few days, I think. But, yeah. you know, he's okay, which is the main thing. Yeah. Um, Owen Farrell, this is, I mean, this is something we've seen before from Owen Farrell in terms of he's, his team's rattled, he's rattled, and it came out straight after halftime and put the opening kickoff of the second half straight out into touch. And you could see the frustration boiling over into anger there. And you could just tell that some he was going to do something reckless. Mm, yeah. I nearly went on, on the Twitter account. Have you ever seen that clip of the rugby league commentator? You know, it's like, a, it's like, from like the 80s. He, he just explodes, you know, send the dirty get off. It was sort of that moment. And um, I've got to say, you know, we've already mentioned Christoph Ridley handled that situation perfectly because Saracens Wasps games of the past, like, I don't care that this is not a local derby anymore. There's plenty of niggle between these two clubs. You, you, you don't. It was. You, you don't. It, you don't get rid of the history just by moving, moving house. You know that it was a niggly game all the way, and he did very well to stop it boiling over into a proper scrap there. Hmm. Um, and there was a shot of the tackle where, in the background, Jimmy Gopoff is there in the background, and you can see his reaction to it, and you can see he wants to kill Owen Farrell. Yeah. Yeah. So for Ridley to get on the scene as quickly as he did, to stop it as quickly as he did, and make sure that nothing happened afterwards is superb refereeing. Now, the I key, will say... The key, the key thing he did was, was is that the, the red card came out of the pocket absolutely immediately. So yeah. Was... Well, yeah, and, and they, they would have, it, would have, it was a red card all day. Even yeah. if they looked at it on the TMO, it was a red card all day. Yeah. And you, if anyone doesn't think it is, then you're deluded and you're quite frankly need your head looking at um yeah Sarri's fans have all said it's a red card all day and you know I actually for the one of the first times I thought uh, they were quite good to interact with today so you know things have seemed to calm down a little bit there usually they're one of the worst fan bases that you have to deal with on game day and now I throw a lot of abuse their way uh, all of it good-natured and that's just because I live in an area that is populated mostly by Saracens fans. Um, most of them glory hunters who have only become Saracens fans over the last few years, but they were Tigers fans before that. But, um, you know, there are some diehards and I often find the diehards are actually all right to talk to a lot of the time. Yeah. I will say this about the Farrell tackle. It wasn't malicious. If you think it was malicious... Again, need your head examining because it wasn't malicious. You know, he's just got it wrong. He deserves to be sent off. He deserves to be banned for 10 to 12 weeks for it because he's he's got it wrong. Yes, it was an accident. He, he will show remorse and that will factor into the ban. And as it should, because I think if you're not remorseful about it, you should be banned for longer. But he still has to face the consequences for what he did. And he, what he did was put a player in a huge amount of danger, a fellow professional rugby player. And it it doesn't matter, but it also does. He's a young kid at that, barely 18 years old. He's out there in his first uh, or second appearance in a premiership match. And as a fellow professional, you have a duty of care over over that player, over that fellow professional player. You should respect him and you should have a duty of care. So if you're that reckless on a pitch, you deserve to be sat down and to lose out because you're being sat down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he has to learn. This is a supposedly one of rugby's global stars, and yet he can't keep himself controlled enough to not make a challenge like that. If it was a one-off, I would be a little bit more forgiving of him. Mm-hmm. But we've seen it's not a one-off. We've seen him get frustrated before, make these kinds of challenges and uh, be reckless when, and it's cost his team here because whilst we both agree that 
you know, Wasps probably would have won that game had Saracens had 15 on the field for the last 20 minutes. They still missed having... You're still missing a, a superstar of the game. Mm. And for a team leader like that, for an England captain to have an incident like that is just quite frankly is it's awful for from him it's an awful thing from him you know he should be so much better than that yeah, yeah. you know your your wild young open side flanker does something like that you know i'm a little bit more accepting of it than the england captain doing something like that mm. yeah and uh, it shouldn't happen and it's a red card if it ever happens but yeah if i was a saracens fan i'd be properly fucking gutted that he'd done that yeah yeah absolutely and, and it's good to hear that Atkinson is okay who'd actually shown a couple of nice touches before the incident uh, with, with Kid special Kid is going to be Played. If, if he's managed correctly if he gets the chance to develop could be special sidestepped side um, I think it was Brad Barrett in his own 22 like yeah, mm. that's that's a, that's a that's a scalp to, to take from the fact to, from that game, but uh, but yeah, yeah I'm, I think you're right, and I know I think we, we had a very similar debate a few years ago on this show about when Dylan Hartley was sent off in a European game against uh, Leinster when he was England captain, and each um, one knows it, it's it's it, I hate to say it's the way he plays, but unfortunately that's he's got that in his game, and if if you pick Owen Farrell at ten. You'd, I'm not suggesting England drop it, by the way, but they they might not have any choice for the Six Nations game in Rome at the end of October. Um, you've got to expect that if things start going wrong, and um, and as they did, you know, you got pitched into the World Cup final. I was at Scotland game that England blew that big lead when he could easily have been sent off in that game as well. You, you know, it's it it is just in his nature. He's got to stamp it out. Um, because as you say, cost his team dearly. I didn't think he played particularly well anyway. Um, he was he had an off day, and it, it, in fairness, he's not played for a long time. That was his first hit out. Um, I think first start. I think actually, uh, since we've come back, uh, he looked really, really rusty. I thought, um, and as, as a few of the Saracens players, and you know, I know they've got this big European Cup tie coming up, and you just you just wonder whether. A few of them, their heart is quite in it at the moment. You know, Saracens would probably have rather ended the season and gone off, gone off into the champ, started the championship this weekend, and sort of get on with it. To be honest, and it was it was a very weird Saracens performance. There were flashes of the the Saracens that we know and dislike. There were flashes of the good rugby that they can play, but a lot of the time it was just. I've never seen, you know, the penalty count was 11-3 in the first half. Uh, You know, Saracens 11, Wasps 3. That's unheard of for this fixture. Absolutely unheard of. And, um, but you've got to give all the credit to Wasps and the game plan they came with. And, um, you know, if, um, if the mother of Tom and Jack Willis doesn't get a statue at the Rico before the end of the season, um, you know, there will be complaints. I'm I'm happy to pay a bit more for a season ticket if it will go for that, go towards that. I mean that tweet. That tweet has banged. I've got to say on my account. That's pro- that's got to be up there with the highest and most liked tweet I think I've ever put out. Oh, I've trumped you with with video and Polo being in Tom Willis's pocket. It's just if you could stop liking it, please. My phone is going to die. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I've got to say that the since we came back after lockdown, I know you're all like us. You wanted rugby to be back more than anything. You know, we wanted that sport to, we needed to satiate our hunger for sport. Mm. The interactions have been phenomenal in number yeah. and in tone. And I want to, I do want to talk about this because over the years, we've had to put up with a fair bit of abuse. A lot of it from outside of the Wasps family, but a fair bit of it from inside as well. And at times we've said some contentious things and we've, We've tweeted some contentious things and there have been times where it's been really tough to both run this account and to be a Wasp fan. But since we've come back, I'm not sure we've had a bad tweet. No. Even in the sale game where it was dire at times to watch. It was hard to watch. They didn't play very well. 
didn't get any bad tweets. And I just want to thank everyone for that because, you know, we do this because we love it. We love Wasp. We love covering Wasp. We love doing it. We don't get paid. We don't make any money from it. And there's no ads on this podcast. There's, we, we don't do it to make money. You know, if we, if we ever were to ask any of you guys to, to money for money for this, if you ever feel like you want to give some money for this content, give it to charity. Cause we don't, I don't want to make any money off of this or put it behind a bar or, or yeah, or go to your local rugby club and put it behind their bar because yeah, we do this cause we love it and it makes it a lot easier to want to create content, to want to cover the team's news. If you guys are out there enjoying it and your interactions are good and positive because yeah, this is what we're trying to create. We're trying to create a, a family for this club and, and make it a nice place for supporters to be. So yeah, I just want to say thank you to everyone for that. And it makes days like today that much more special because we can have the the little in jokes. We can we can have fun in games on games like this. We can just enjoy ourselves on days like this. And even when Wasps don't win, if they play well and they don't win, we can still enjoy ourselves and we can we can be a group together and, and make it easier to take it when the days aren't as good as this. So yeah, I just want to thank everyone for a, a great return of rugby, and you know, let's follow it through now. Let, let's keep the let's keep the momentum going that the guys on the pitch are, are creating. And when we're allowed back in the Rico, let's get back there. Let's roar them on, and let's push this team to a to a title. This is this this is this is then a bit awkward because we, we seem to be playing better when none of us are allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> are they going to say you know because you know on accounts it sounds like the, the the pilot scheme has gone gone well today it was good to see some Queens fans beating the traffic at, before the end of the game it's nice to see certain traditions have uh, have been maintained uh, post lockdown um, I hope the band didn't strike up too early like they did when Wasps won there and you could hear the band in the bar underneath the stand 10 minutes before the end uh, when Kyle Eastman had been sent off that afternoon Um but, but it, it, I, I, I don't know what it is. But they, they just see—they don't seem phased by the fact there's nobody there. Um, I think a few teams have. I particularly think Saints are one that have uh, that have badly missed their crowd. They'd have beaten Exeter with a full gardens last night, um, and, and and maybe the game at the wreck might have been different as well. But. Um, it was, it, yeah. It's 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 an interesting thing. Um, I think it's going to be a weird Wednesday night playing Leicester in front of nobody. That would probably be the first time where I've I've watched a game and thought this is, you know, we're not blessed with the best atmosphere in the league. We know that, but you know, to, to see a Wasps Leicester game if, with nobody there, I think I think it's going to be a bit bit of a weird one. But uh, but it doesn't seem to be affecting the players, and that's that's all that's all that matters at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think Wednesday's going to be a weird game anyway because mm. I can't remember a time, and, I th- and it, a lot of it is because Leicester's downturn matched really our downturn of the last couple of seasons um, before, obviously, Blackett took over and we rocketed up the table. This is probably the the biggest gap between the two sides I've seen since, really, since we moved, for sure. yeah. The season we nearly got relegated yeah. is is probably it, but it was the obviously the other way. And even then, we even those seasons we still played Leicester really tough. Well, we the season we nearly went down. We beat Leicester at home second game, um, and lost at Welford Road. I think we beat Leicester at home the following season as well, two thousand and twelve thirteen. I think. <laughs> I think they beat them that season as well in a, in a tight game. So you are right; it is going to be a strange one. Tigers, Tigers again played well today. That only started playing once the Oppo were out of sight, which was a bit like the Gloucester game. Sale were, were, were very good in that game um, for a, for an hour and probably took foot off the gas. In truth, um, and in the end, they ended up rather falling over the line. Um, so look, it's. A lot will depend on what team they send. If if they go as rotated as they have done in the for other games, bearing in mind they play Saints next Sunday in probably the biggest derby in the league. Um, if they go really rotated, then I think Wasps will win quite comfortably. 
because um, I think a few of the names who weren't playing today will play on Wednesday. Um, but if, if they do name a reasonably strong side, I, I think they'll certainly be competitive and, and Wasps will have to reach a, a decent standard to, to get the job done. And really, they should be looking at five points from Wednesday night, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think you see, I mean, you probably see Jimmy take a rest yeah. um, on Wednesday after the the effort, obviously, that he's put in today was is huge. And, you know, I think I think you see him take a rest um, this this time. You know, I think Umunga probably starts with a, you know, you, you might see Lima come back on, on the bench, but only because Charlie Atkinson won't be available. Mm. Um, you know, I think Jack Willis probably starts the game. Um, I don't think you'll see Thomas Young. I think if the... Um, because he's in concussion protocol, I think if they can try and keep him out of Wednesday's game and that gives him the best chance to appear in the in the Bristol game, then they'll do it. Mm-hmm. But I do I do think you'll see a run out for some players. This is the quickest turnaround where it's the the first true midweek game where Wasps only have a four day turnaround to play. Yeah. And so I do think you might see some more rotation, but you won't see as many starters as we possibly think. Or, you know, the other option they have is to go pretty much all out and keep some of those players back and then just have to play them on four days rest against against Bristol. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Um, yeah, again, it, it's difficult to predict because... You know, if if Tigers do send their full team, it's it's a it's a decent outfit. And there's one player I do want to keep an eye on. That's that's Tommy Rafael, their seven, who is he's not in the Willis League, but I think he's very very good from what I've seen of him since since the restart, and and will be a real threat. And it was noticeable he didn't play today. I think that they they are keeping him back for a potential clash with Willis. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to maybe see James Gaskell go into the uh, go into the back row for this one. Um, it's 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 potentially an option. Um, so I would, I would like to see some of the lads that shined today. You know, if if Sim, if Simons is fit, yeah, give him game time. He looked yeah. great when he came on. Thought he did really really well. And um, same with the young lad, Karen Curran. Yeah, get him on the bench or get him involved some way. You know, these lads, they earned it today, some of the youngsters that played. And, you know, I think you could see a Wanda Young involved again on Wednesday night. Um, because, you know, Bouge might be involved, yeah. Um, I think that, I don't think we need to see Fekatoa on Wednesday. No. You can almost keep him back for the Bristol game and just well, unleash him. You're going to need him for Bristol, I think, if, you know, if there's one bloke who can stop Rendrada, it's probably Fekatoa. Um Yeah, and that's going to be some clash. The Bristol, yeah. the Bristol game is going to be crazy. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's it's such a big game. I yeah, you look at them midweek. I think they play Tuesday, don't they? Yeah, they play Northampton on Tuesday. Yeah, which is a tough game for them. They're going to have to keep some of their starters in that game, and. Yeah, that's why I was so surprised when Wasps named the team they did this week because I thought we'd rest a little bit more. And um, sorry, I thought we we wouldn't rest quite as many and and then rest a bit more on Wednesday. But they obviously think Wednesday is going to be a tough game. But I wonder, just I the sort of perception it would show that maybe that's come into their thinking, you know, Wasp Leicester means a lot to the supporters. I mean, Wasp Saracens means a lot to the supporters. Let's not, let's not sort of discourage that, but with it, with it being a, a, a the, the local darling now, as it, as it, as it is, not that it is for Leicester, uh, but it is for Wasps supporters, certainly the ones in the Coventry area. Maybe that has played on his mind, on, on Blackett's mind. And I think also, I think they knew or had an inkling that Saracens were going to go with the team they did and thought, let's just let's just roll the dice and see what comes up. Yeah. And, I think, and I think we discussed it in the week. I think the pitch was was an issue as well with, the, with some of them. I do think that Willis, I've changed my tune from our last show. I do think Willis was held back because of the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, if, uh, if it had been a semi-final, I bet he would have played. But well, of course. Yeah. But in a game like this, you know, it's it's almost needless. I do think as well we might benefit doubly from this result because I know Saracens will be on. They'll be on a rest. There'll be some second-team players. In a, you'd imagine a rotated side that goes out and plays against Sale on on Wednesday. But those players now have an in. Yeah, if they play well. They might get a game against Leinster. Yeah, and those are the stars that are left in. Yeah, the the squad as a whole is going to be smarting from this loss. They're going to want to go up to Sale and make a statement. And I would not be surprised at all to see them turn Sale over on Wednesday night. Yeah, the way the squad is, the way they preach about how they are as a group, wouldn't surprise me at all to go see them go and turn Sale over. Yeah, I think you make a good point there. It's that there are, if 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 uh, if McCall takes the performance of this as sort of an audition for Saracens, uh, sorry for Leinster, then that then then there are places up for grabs for that game, which is in a fortnight. You know, think of someone like the replacement hooker Wollstonecroft, who who got a hat trick in a in a game against Gloucester a couple of weeks ago. You know, we, we all know the sort of squad they've got. Um, there, although it's not quite as the embarrassment of riches that they did have for obvious reasons, but yeah, I mean, and Saracens will love it as well because they'll no one will fancy them up there Wednesday night. You know, Sale are playing some good stuff, they played some nice stuff against Tigers today. Um, so so yeah, yeah, I think you could be right. And, and Saracens are gonna have a big say because they've still got to play Bath as well, uh, on the last day of the season at Allianz Park, so um. So, but look, we kind of discussed the number of points Wasps might need, and, and they've taken four here. And I know the other results have, have, have gone against you know all the sort of four teams that are chasing three places have all won this weekend. But um, but it's 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 a big week, I think, for the playoff chases. Bristol Wasps, Sale, and Bath all playing at home this midweek, uh, and then obviously Wasps play Bristol and Sale play Bath next Sunday. I think by the time we get to next Sunday, I think we'll have a pretty clear idea going into the last two rounds, sort of what the order of, of those teams are, are going to be. And um, and if Wasps could get it done, if Wasps could win the next two games, I think that would take a lot of pressure off going going to Quinns, which is a venue we often struggle at, um, and then with Exeter at home to finish. Um, so, so, so it's going to be really big week coming up to, to put it mildly yeah but I think this team could quite easily not lose another game between now and the end of the season you could be right yeah because I don't and maybe this is I don't fancy Bristol I don't think they're quite as good as where they are in the table and I know that might seem disingenuous and a little bit of, you know, my bias talking. I don't, I, do, I don't think they are the kind of team that would have finished third in seasons past. No, I'd agree with that. No, I think very similarly about Sale as well in that. I don't think they're the kind of team that would have finished second in seasons past. I, I think the issue for Bristol is I don't think they've got the depth that Wasps and Sale, well, certainly Wasps, Sale and Bath have. Mm. Bath made a load of changes going to Quinns today from the team that played us on Monday and have gone there and scored 40 points. You know, Sale have rotated in, you know, the team that came to the Rico was a rotated Sale team, still chock full of really good players. Bristol, when when they rotate, you are looking at blokes who you you know you you are having to google frankly to um to sort of find out who these guys are and we saw that with the pasting they got up at the aj bell in the previous round so um yeah i i would i would agree with you that um but on their day bristol can beat anybody in the league i think you know they've been even before lockdown they were 17 nil down at sandy park and won so sale of one at sandy park this season as well so yeah, if if you're going on the benchmark is Exeter, Bristol and Sale have both beat them this season. So I think, as I say, it's going to be those four I've mentioned. They could finish in any order: Bristol, Sale, Bath, and Wasps. Um, I think we can probably 
rule Saints and Quinns out now. I think they've probably just got too much work to do. And Saints have, have really struggled since coming back anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, um, Saints are 10 points behind. Quinns are a further four behind them. Um, so they're 14 points behind after that loss today. Four I think games, no, that, you're not with kidding. only four games, that, that's not happening. Especially when you consider that, that Wasps should take 10 points minimum from their four games. I actually think we'll beat Exeter on the final day because Exeter are likely to rest and rotate. They should still be in Europe. They'll have a premiership semi-final to worry about. They'll have the, the number one seed locked up by that point. You know, they're, they're already 13 points ahead. They could lock it up on, on midweek. Um, if Sale get beaten by Saris, um, then I think they can lock it up because they're currently 15 points ahead of Bristol in third. So a five-pointer for Exeter all but locks up number one seed for them. And they're home to Gloucester, um, so I would think it's going to yeah, be... At the, the rate they've been scoring tries and beating teams, I would imagine so. Yeah, uh, any last thoughts as we, uh, as we get out of here? Yeah, just utterly, utterly joyous. And uh, let's, uh, let's hope the bandwagon rolls on. And uh, yeah, as I say, uh, when, Wednesday is going to be a weird one, I think. And I think a lot of supporters who, you know, we understand the reasons why we're not there. But I think this will be the first, certainly for me anyway, as, as someone with, with Leicester connections and a lot of Tigers mates, this, this will be one that will be really weird. But, um, but yeah, looking forward to it. And, uh, and let's hope they keep the momentum going. Because as I say, by the end of next week, if they've won, say if they take 10 points out of Leicester and Bristol, it won't be done, but it won't be far off. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the best wins I've seen watching on TV and in person since that Exeter quarterfinal win. Uh, there, there are very few performances that have made me this proud to go in to the Lions' den and to beat them almost at their own game and not need the the brilliance that we've needed before to do it. And I, I just, it shows that this squad has it in them to win close games. It shows that they have it in them to get back up after they've been punched in the mouth. And I think this week has been a special week for this squad and long may it continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at The Wasp Report. Um, keep it coming with the uh, interactions there Um, and we should hopefully have on the next podcast a nice little bit of news for you about the WASP report so I'm hoping um, in the next couple of days or next couple of weeks to be able to announce something quite cool so yeah thank you very much for uh, for joining in and uh, yeah I'll speak to you all very very soon